My name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have all of you with us here on this uh, wonderful Sunday morning, this Mother's Day morning, and uh, we're very thankful and blessed for all the mothers in our lives and uh, for all that you do for us. Uh, we are thankful. If they haven't told you yet, they, they are thankful. Um, we are, as August said, in the fourth week of a series entitled The Great Commitment, uh, or TGC, as we like to call it here in New Heights. And what we are doing is we are we're walking through basically a new transition for the church and hopefully for your life that you will no longer be where you were at the end of this. That at the end of this, you will make a commitment to a different way of life. That you will take what you have learned about Christ, not just here, but in your life, and that it will change who you are. That you will listen to the great commandments that Jesus gives us. And you will make a commitment upon that. And today is the great transition, the title of today's sermon. And, and basically, this is the pivot point. This is the point where we go from up here into everywhere else. Where you make that transition from, I believe in Jesus Christ, to I now behave like Jesus Christ. It's no longer just a head thing for me. It's a way of life. It's no longer saying, I am a Christian but it's actually being one. If you look at the statistics around the country and around the uh, you know, state of Texas and, and various parts, the majority of us say that we are Christians. The majority of Americans still say that they are Christians, but the majority of us don't actually act like it, do we? Most of us probably believe in Jesus, but maybe that's where it stops. We fail to behave like him. We fail to become a true disciple of Christ. And becoming a true disciple of Christ means you become like Christ. I had a great opportunity to be Jesus for somebody this morning, and I failed miserably. But I'll get to that in a second. Open your Bibles up to Matthew chapter 7. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking right now, and he's doing a lot, a lot of teaching at this point in the Gospel of Matthew. I mean, he's cramming the disciples' heads with stuff. And, and so, I mean, I'm sure there's a point where they're like, seriously, man, can we take a break for a second? But this part right here, verse 21, in chapter 7, verse 21, this scripture right here is an uncomfortable one. For, for a believer in Jesus Christ, for somebody who, who, who has accepted the gift of salvation and has chosen to live their life that way, when you hear these words, they're hard to hear. From the outsider's perspective, from someone who does not believe in Jesus Christ, you look at these words and you're like, see, what's that all about? Verse 21 says this, not all people who sound religious are really godly. They may refer to me as Lord, but they still won't enter the kingdom of heaven. The decisive issue is whether they obey my father in heaven. On judgment day, many will tell me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Go away. The things you did were unauthorized. Not all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. What? Because I, I read in Paul that Paul says, if you believe in your heart and profess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, then you will be saved. The very thing that sets us apart from the rest of the religions of the world is we don't have to do anything. We can't do anything to earn our salvation. There is nothing you can do to repay the price that Jesus 
paid. Nothing. But then you hear these words in Matthew chapter 7. Not everybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's a little confusing sometimes. In fact, that has thrown scholars into debates for centuries. It's thrown Christians into debates. It's, a lot of us just choose to read over those verses. I don't understand it, and I really don't want to understand it, so I'm going to move on. But what is Christ talking about here? Why does he say this? Look, from my, from my perspective, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are saved. As evidence, the guy on the cross next to Jesus, who says, you are Lord. Jesus says, you're right, and today you will be with me in paradise. That guy didn't do anything. He died right after that. So belief in Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. Do you really believe? I mean, what does it mean to be a believer in Jesus Christ? What does it mean to have the faith of God? Last week we talked about being a child of God, having the Spirit dwell inside of you. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, then your life should be different than the world. You should stand out. People should look at you and see something different. If you are a true believer, Paul says, be in the world but not of the world. Too often we forget that. We fall off into the world. What does it mean to believe so greatly that you then behave? I mean, if you look at the way Jesus lived his life, you look at that and say, okay, this is how I am to live my life now. What does that mean? Does that mean you have to wear sandals and a robe and walk everywhere? Uh, that's silly. It means you obey. You heard he said in there, he goes, those who obey my father, you obey. You listen to the words of God. You listen to the great commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. That's the way Jesus lived his life, right? He loved God with everything. And he loved us with that same passion and zeal. And that's what he's asked us to do. So when you begin to behave like Jesus, people are going to see that. So here's what I did this morning at 930. I'm coming in. I was a little late. And they started playing the music. And I was standing right back there by the hand sanitizing station, lathering up. And someone comes up to me. And she puts her hand on my shoulder and says... My husband's in the hospital because he had spine surgery. Here's what I said. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Really? That's what I had for her? She comes to me and says, my husband's in the hospital because he... I knew he was having surgery. I know, and we've talked about it, we've prayed about it. But this morning at 9.30, she comes up to me and says, my husband is in the hospital. I know. Yay. In my mind, this is what I'm saying. Why are you coming to me right before I'm going to go into worship? 
Why are you stopping me? You know what's happening right now. You hear Daryl and August and the guys playing the music. You know that the service has started. I need to go up front and prepare for worship. Why are you bothering me? Man, I failed miserably. I had an opportunity to be Jesus Christ, to behave like Jesus Christ for her at that moment. And I said, yeah, I know. And I didn't even say it with compassion in my voice. Yeah, I know. And I walked on. If you believe so much in Jesus Christ, you begin to behave like Jesus Christ, and that's not going to happen. Look, we, we live in a world that, how many of you have a smartphone? A Blackberry, an iPhone, one of those things right there. Go ahead and admit to it. You know, people next to you will dime you out if you don't. Yeah. How many of you are able to get email somewhere other than your computer? Okay, the same people should, yeah. <laughs> we have a wife raising her husband's hand. That's awesome. How many of you have a tendency to be constantly checking your email or to be texting or to be listening to voicemails? How many of you? Uh-huh, yeah. Thanks for admitting to that, some of you. This is my iPhone. It never leaves my side. It is always with me. The only time it is not with me is at the very end of the night when I plug it in and I go to bed. Always with me. If you are talking to me, the chances are I will be on this at the same time I am talking with you. Huh. That conference we went to a couple weeks ago, there was this guy by the name of Shane Hips. He's a Mennonite pastor who used to be in advertising for Porsche. (laughs) Talk about a dichotomy of life right there. But this time when he spoke, he said he was talking about these smartphones and and multitasking, and he said, you know, essentially what you do is you take a glass of water and you pour it into four other glasses. The amount of water that you began with has not gotten any bigger. You have the same amount of water. All you've done is spread it out over many different things. So in essence, what you have done is become less effective at the things that you're trying to do. You've become less effective. You know, we get these iPhones to make us more efficient in life. We get these things and these tools and these technologies to make us more efficient. But what it does is it fractures us. He showed a commercial, it's a Sprint commercial, and it's a, you might have seen it. It's a commercial of, a, there's a guy, and, and then they show a mom, and um, they're walking around, and they're on their little smartphone, and all around them are their little mini-me's. Have you seen this commercial? You know what I'm talking about? There's like little many people that look exactly like them that are functioning and doing all these different things. And and the point of the commercial is get one of these and you can do all things essentially. You can be everywhere at all times and do these things. And what he says is what's happening is the real person is disappearing. And you're just becoming a virtual person. What we have done with these technologies is we have... We have lost the ability to be in the moment. We have lost the ability to be present with someone. Jesus Christ, when he was with somebody, he was with them. He wasn't thinking about what was about to happen. He was with them. When Jesus Christ met with people, he met with them. He was with them. He was in the conversation. We've lost that ability. 
We've lost the ability to talk to one another because we text, because we get on Facebook and we create these communities that don't really exist. So that when we are with somebody, we're still trying to be elsewhere. If you want to behave like Jesus Christ, then be in the moment. Then be present with the people that you are surrounded by. Because they're a child of God too. And if you truly want to live your life as a child of God and let Jesus Christ dwell inside of you and show to the rest of the world, then when you are with someone, be with them. I don't know how many times I'm having a conversation with my wife and at the same time I'm checking stuff on my iPhone. You know, in one respect you're like, well, you're getting things done. But the other respect is, what does that say to my wife? You're not so important in my life that I can put this aside. What does that say to anyone if I'm in a conversation with them and yet this thing vibrates and I pick it up really quick to see what it is? Is it a text? Is it an email? Is it a message? What is it? What does it say when we are not truly invested in the people that we are with? It says we don't care about them. It says we don't love them. It says we don't value them as a child of God. When in essence, Jesus Christ died for their sins this very same way he died for mine. So if I want to begin to take this belief in Jesus Christ and make it something more in my life, to behave like Jesus Christ, then I need to be in the moment. I need to be there. Now, I failed that woman this morning because I wasn't there. I was standing up here. I was trying to think ahead about my sermon and think ahead about worship and trying to to get into that moment. And I wasn't there. Yeah, I apologized. I did the very same talk at 9.30 and I said the very same thing and I apologized to her. And she came up to me afterwards and over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to take it. Okay, what does that look like? If you begin to behave like Jesus Christ, what does that, what does that look like? And we're going to look at the great commandments. Loving God with everything. And loving your neighbor as yourself. But, but what I want you to, the starting point, if you can't be somewhere, then forget that. Don't come. If you can't truly be invested in the people that God has placed before you, then you're not loving them the way He has asked you to do then you're not treating them the way He has treated you. So, it's kind of an interesting message for Mother's Day, isn't it? The video we showed from Rob Bell, it was great because it's Mother's Day and he talks about mothers and, man, I love the way he teaches. But that compassionate side of God that he talks about, that compassionate side of God that that God has made in each one of us? Let's let that go. Let's let it out. Don't hold it in any longer. That's one of the things that the knocks against me as a pastor, that I'm the the non-compassionate pastor we have on staff. I'm the guy who walks into the hospital and says, that's all you got? You should see the guy next to you. Suck it up. That and germs is why they don't send me to the hospitals anymore. Jesus Christ had compassion, so much compassion. And he's asked us just to live this way 
And really, it wouldn't have taken me any longer to sit there and say, how's he doing? How's he, how did the surgery go? How's his recovery going? I will still have made it up here during that first song. If you're truly a believer of Jesus Christ, then you've got to behave like Jesus Christ. And the first step is allowing yourself just to be there. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you for the gift of life that you have given us through the death and resurrection of your Son our Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you have given us an example by which to live our lives. And we thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, to give us the strength to live a life like that of your Son. God, forgive us for the times that we ignore that. Forgive us for the times that that we ignore the fact that we have the power of God dwelling inside of us and we choose to live on our own terms and not yours. Unleash in us, Lord, that compassionate side of you. That compassionate sense of caring and loving and being with the people that you have surrounded us with. God, we ask that you would fill us. Fill us with the sense and the urgency to live our life more and more like you. In the name of Jesus.